Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today, a Canadian hasher who's in America. He may have founded hashes in four decades. So we're going to find out he's traveled to many continents today on the podcast, Messiah. Welcome, Messiah. Hello, Ra. Thank you Good. for having me. All right, let's let everybody get to know you. Tell us when and where and how you started hashing. I started hashing January 12th, 1991. And I started hashing in Midland, Ontario, Canada. Our grandmaster, as we like to say in Canada, the Le, Le Grand Fromage was uh, Du Run Ron. He was working in Singapore when the hash found him. Being a rugby player, he took to it right away. He was actually my rugby coach when I was in high school. So he approached me during the summer and said, hey, we're, we're starting this hash group. Why don't you come out? You love to run. You know all the songs. Should be fun. It took me about six months to kind of get out there. I think it was like a New Year's resolution to run and exercise more. So early January, the snowy day, I came out to hash and loved it. But the one thing was, I was about 25 years old, and, and all the hashers were these old bastards, you know, in their late 40s. So I thought, hmm, this might be an ideal thing for my parents to get into, being four or five years older than most of them. Their, their kids were just graduating from university, and other hashers had uh, children in, in school. So I got my parents involved, and it became a, a family tradition for about 25 years that we all hashed together. Huronia Hash has Harriers in Midland, Ontario. You hashed there for a long time. What are the other clubs that you hashed with? Sometime within that first year, I, I moved to Toronto and discovered the Hogtown Hash House Harriers. And they were more sort of my cohort, my age, and, and a little bit raunchier. So it was a lot more fun. And I really embraced hashing, I think, then during my Hogtown years. I would come back up to Huronia and try to share some of the traditions, but it wasn't really accepted that widely as Huronia is more of a family hash. So they, they would take all the F-bombs out of songs and and really sort of sanitize the hash, which is fine. It's a small town, so if there's only you know a couple of professionals in each thing, so they don't want to be, I guess, carrying on too mad, too badly. Yeah. Well, where did you get your hash name? Well, my hash name Messiah. You have to go back like two thousand years. It's it's a bloody history. It's terrible. There's lots of killing and murders. But <laughs> if we if we jump forward, I guess when I got to Hogtown, I hadn't been named in Huronia, and we got to Hogtown. And I ran into some hashers that I knew through rugby circles. And I'm not sure if it was Kazoo or somebody, but somebody said, hey, witch, good to see you, da, 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 da. And then Lengthy or somebody else came up to me and goes, hey, I'm Lengthy. I'm witch doctor. Hey, good to meet you. And I, I kind of assumed my rugby nickname. A few months later, I got back to Huronia and they were like, what? Witch doctor? Hang on. We were going to name you Messiah, but we thought we'd give you the opportunity to choose which name you, you, you prefer. I'm like, I'm, I'm good with Witch Doctor. That's fine. And that was, here's to Messiah. Here's to Messiah. And from then on, I, I went <laughs> I went ahead as Messiah. I guess that's my, my christened name. Really bothered me because I grew up in an a-religious household. So being named after an archetypal religious figure was, <laughs> I thought was terrible. I was like, give me some raunchy name. I'd love that. But I guess that's hashing, right? That fits. If people don't know what you look like, you could pass for a messiah if, if people walk by you on the street. 
The funny uh, thing with hashers, though, is once they get to know me, they don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That may be true for uh, all, virtually every one of them. Who are some of the other hog towners that you met in the early 90s when you're starting? Um, uh, Lengthy and Three Skin were very instrumental. Kazoo, as I mentioned, Red Snapper, Sex Toy. Of course, Bird Brian. Bird Brian and I have known each other since we were seven years old. We went to like Cub Scouts together. Our fathers both taught at the local high school together. Kind of came into hashing the same year, but through different sources. He was in Hogtown. So, um, Shadow was Sh- probably. Yeah, Shadow. Yeah, Shadow and I were actually co treasurers of Hogtown, like 92, 93, 94. Sweet Cheeks, um, Dead End. There was a. Grateful Dead concert. Did you have a hash to do something? In oh, concert right, yeah. So we did it. Buffalo, Boner from Buffalo was, was a, a very instrumental kennel leader back then. So he, we did a, a hash with the dead trail through a, a Grateful Dead concert. I think it was like June 93. I still am a, a big dad head. So those are my two worlds kind of came together then. And I would talk to the different dad heads I'd see through and go, oh yeah, these runners, runners are coming through, you know, yell on on and cheer them on, offer them beer. Da, 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 da. So it was, it was a lot of fun. They, they, it, was, it was a great audience and played well into it. Consequently, about three years ago, Dad and Company were playing at Darien Lake just between Buffalo and Rochester. And we did a, a flashback hash. It was Robinswood and Nacho Bitch and myself um, did it, but we didn't get as many. <laughs> I hadn't really uh, connected too much with, with the Buffalo hash, so we didn't get a lot of hashers out to that one. Like I said in the intro, I think you may have started hashes in four decades. Well, when was the first, and not all of them have survived to today, but when was the first hash club that you founded? I was in Barrie in 96, 97, going to school, taking a massage therapy course. And um, I got some of the athletes that were in the course with me to, to do a few hashes. It didn't really have much traction. Like we sort of had, I don't know, nine, 10 runs or so, but it was hard to discover other leaders or people that would sort of take it on. And then once I finished school and, and left town, it, it just kind of fizzled. Uh-huh. I moved to Peterborough, Ontario, tried doing hashing there. And there's a lot of competitive runners, 10K runners, half marathons. You know, they, we would run and go for beers, but they weren't too into the hash because they wanted to, uh, they were always concerned with their timing. So they wanted to do the same route each Tuesday night or something and then go for a beer. But but they didn't really want to search for a trail or anything like that. So it, it was, it was hard to sort of get it to take off too. So yeah, that was early two yeah. thousands, right? Yeah. 2000 okay. to 2002. In another decade recently, you've started another new hash. Yeah. I started moon over Huronia hash as Harriers. And that was, I guess about six years ago, my original hash, the Huronia hash as Harriers has sort of, kind of run its course. The youngest hashers are sort of mid to late seventies and, and a lot of them aren't even walking any, you know, or running anymore. And, and some are sort of barely walking. So they had stopped setting trail. They'd go for walks. And then at one point they'd stopped even having beers. So I was sort of like a little frustrated with that. And I guess I just listened to a, a, an interview you did with China Brush from Barbados. She, an awesome hasher. I was down in Barbados a number of times, I guess, in the early teens and, and ran with them. Uh, at one point, I was on the Moon Over Barbados run and, and had such a fun time. So when I came home, I started a Moon Over Huronia 
hash as here. So, so we kind of consider Barbados our, our mother hash as far as lineage goes. And to follow up that, I, I moved to Rochester about 14 months ago when it became apparent with COVID that I wasn't going to be going home anytime soon. I started another full moon hash, Moon Over Rochester on honor, more on on H3. And we've been going about 10 months now. Uh, so what are the traditions of the Moon Over children um, hashes? <laughs> well, it, it was funny because I, I was trying to think of that preparing for, for this talk. And then I, I listened to China Brush's thing and she was saying, oh, we don't do songs, which was kind of relieving because I couldn't remember any songs they did. But uh, we have a wig that that either the GM or the religious advisor wears in circle. We've grabbed from them. So, so we talked about Ontario, New York, but you've hashed a lot of places on a lot of events. We've been on trains together and different <laughs> continents. What are just some of the some of the big events that you've been to and and helped either organize or helped pair? And put together my own events that I've been organizing. Uh, one thing I wanted to get going, you know, 15, 18 years ago in Toronto was the, this on Ontario concept. My daughter's about 19 now, so I hadn't really hashed in Hogtown for about uh, 17 years or so at the time. And then when I, I returned to their anniversary about five years ago, I renewed contacts with, with people in Sarnia and, and Oakville and Ottawa and such and thought, hey, this would be a good time to do an, that on Ontario event. So I kind of ran that by people and started planning it. And then nine months later, I guess Labor Day 2017, we had an on Ontario and, and we had about... Um, I think 25, 30 people show up. So, so that was fantastic. A re rep representation from all over the province. And we had uh, Section 8 came from Motown, Ann Arbor. Nacho Bitch came up from Flower City. Steaming Wood came up from Buffalo. So we had a good draw. Pussyfoot from Montreal, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then that has continued for the last four years and has moved around Ontario a bit. So, so that's, that's been fun. It's going to be in Sarnia on the August 1st, the Canada Day Civic Long Weekend. And I think it's sold out because of uh, like COVID, there, there's reduced numbers. I think there's only like 25 people. Yeah. I got stuck with COVID in, I, I stayed in America um, with my girlfriend last year, and we ended up getting engaged and married. So we, we decided we'd have a hash wedding and there was a few hashes that were driving up from Texas to Ontario, but with the border closed and also me not in Canada, we thought, Hey, well, let's do an on Ontario, New York. So we can accommodate <laughs> these people and still do this party simultaneously. Um, I found a place in Ontario County, New York. So I thought, perfect. Well, so it went off last year. Great. We had about 24 people and then we decided, Hey, let's do it again next year, next spring. Cause Again, with COVID, nobody was booking any campsites. So I said, okay, I'll, I, could, I could book the whole, the whole park. So I did that. And then over the last three, four weeks, we've been selling those tickets and, and 60. And we've got room for like nine more, ironically. <laughs> so, so this will be the, or the second on, on Ontario and New York? Yeah. yeah, on Ontario and New York, duh. Okay. With on Ontario 3 that we had in Clarington, Ontario... There was one hash who was coming from Alaska. So he flew from Alaska to Ontario. And then he found himself in Ontario, California by mistake. So he missed the whole weekend. And we thought, well, that might be a good expansion thing. Why don't, you know, I'm sure us people around Lake Ontario would love to be in California January or February. So 
We're looking now to plan an on Ontario, California, in Ontario, California, sometime in January, February 2022. You've got a hasher marriage. Jamming on my box. She was named in Hogtown, I guess, two years ago. We are on the bus going to hash somewhere, and she had her boom box on. And I guess I turned on my phone, and then my Bluetooth connected with, with her box and started playing songs. So she turned around and went, hey, who's jamming on my box? And then some quick hasher went, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was named. So I was really happy with that because I had no, I had no influence in one, directly one way or another. So. Well, let's talk about your travels outside that Ontario, New York area, because you've been around. What are some of the amazing events to you that you've attended? Um, I've always loved hashing in the Caribbean. Barbados in 2015 had a um, their 35th anniversary, the 30th or 35th. I think it's the 35th. And it was fantastic. It was, it was just wonderful. Great people, great place to hash, a lot of fun. I hash in Jamaica 2011. That was a lot of fun too. I mean, I, I haven't not had fun hashing. Um, the rumble that we were on from uh, Bangkok down to Kuala Lumpur to the Mother's 80th, that was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life, hashing or not. And great to travel for five days with a bunch of hashers in tow. And every town we got to, we ate and hashed. And it's my first time in Asia. So everything was just mind-blowing. You're not a small person, but Asian trains are built for smaller people. How'd you manage on the train for five days? I stood up a lot. <laughs> Other than the t-shirts were too small. Most of my hash t-shirts I got, I, I, I've had to give to skinnier people. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, Asian hashing. And did you go on to Indochina, Mekong? Yeah, I went to Indochina, to Mekong um, in Vietnam. And again, that was another life-changing experience. I just fell in love with Vietnam. The food, the people, the place. We're in Nha Trang, a, a beach community. I seem to spend a lot of time in, in, in or on beaches. So I, I feel very much at home there. Um, I traveled with Robinswood from Flower City here, Rochester, and then two New Orleans hashers, No Control and David Blomey. No Control is has actually moved back to Natrang and she's been there for the past you know year and a half or so. Oh. Yeah, we all we all just had such a phenomenal time there. I mean, and I think like just eating our breakfast sitting on basically a plastic stool on the sidewalk every morning was just a ritual we all just loved and, and phenomenal. The red dress run leading into that hash was great going through some of the, the ghettos and slums of of the city and it just it gave you a good perspective of the layout and, mm -hmm. and me and I met a lot of sort of Indonesian hashers, uh, optional He's an awesome guy, Australian hashers, scrubber, his wife, they were phenomenal. And this guy's like got 10 years on me and just, just crushed any ball breaker run we were on and was an inspiration, you know, very mm. funny guy. Well, you mentioned New Orleans hashers. Yeah. Have you, you've hashed down in New Orleans. Yes, yes. Again, the sort of the, the Grateful Dead hashing connection four years ago, five years ago, an old dead had friend of mine said, oh, I know if you've, you've posted uh, a few posts from Austin, you know, the dead are coming through Austin. Would you like to go to Austin and New Orleans with me? Sure, let's do it. It's been 30 years. Let's blow out the pipes and, uh, and go for it. So we spent some time in Austin. I've hashed a lot in Austin and, and had some very close friends there. And then we went to New Orleans and had hashed there. And, and again, it's, it's another city I love. So once I started hashing there, I made some connections and I've been back there about four or five times. The one thing I'd, I'd 
always wanted to do hashing was they have this Jimmy Swaggart hash on January 29th out of the Texas motel. Back in the day, Jimmy Swaggart was arrested for having relations with three prostitutes in this right. hotel right. on February 29th. So the New Orleans hash house Harriers decided to celebrate this notorious fact by having a run once every four years from the hotel parking lot on, on the, the leap year year. So that, so I had missed it, I think uh, about 18 years <laughs> getting back to it. So I really wanted to do that hash. By that point, I'd, I'd hashed in, in New Orleans a number of times, both with the New Orleans Hashes Harriers and the Voodoo Hashes Harriers. I'd been to the Voodoo camp out for about three years. And then finally, this was that I, I got to go to this hash. And it was great. And they, they have these very raunchy t-shirts from the hash. So it was, it was great to get one of those and participate and I was also very thankful that the next day was my birthday, March 1st, and their hashing schedule on March 2nd, they did a birthday hash for me. So David Blomey uh, heard that one, and we ran through uh, the Irish district, I guess, where I was staying with, with another dear friend, Airport Slut. And Blomey and Airport Slut set a trail that was basically the shape of a cross being Messiah. And, and we, we, figured, we, we were hoping that people, you know, wouldn't catch on to it before the end. And, and it seemed to work. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. There, it was Mardi Gras. COVID was, was hitting North America, but we hadn't heard it yet. We hung out in the French Quarter with the New Orleans hash. And that was great. I mean, nobody's really kissing anybody. So there wasn't really much COVID transmission. I left then to go to Houston, right as I got to Houston, they, they closed the rodeo. Then we went to Austin, March 15th was Burger Queen's birthday run, another friend from Austin, so I was there for that. Another friend of mine, Snake Charmer, was in from Germany. He had done his doctorate in Austin, so, so we met the first time I was in Austin. He had started this hash band called Straight Out of New Braunfels. And New Braunfels is a, a city outside of Austin. I guess. So Snake Charmer is this German hasher, speaks English with a, with a German accent. So he's like, one, two, fee, four, <laughs> and stuff. And then people are going, well, you don't sound like you're from around here, boy. And he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm from New Braunfels. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think actually is a, a German community too. So, okay, okay. So they figured instead of straight out of Compton, it'd be straight out of New Braunfels. A group of hashers uh, are in that band. The first time I stayed in Austin, I was put up by Moose Shaka and his wife, Dickalicious. Moose was going, well, I, I hope you're cool this week. Yeah, I mean, it's great that you're staying here, but, you know, we've got this band who's coming and rehearsing, you know, three of the nights. I hope that doesn't really interrupt you much. I was going, look, I'm your guest. This is cool. And I used to be an impresario and present music concerts and festivals and that. And when I travel in my uh, photography kit, I, I also have a four-way mic. So I ended up recording all their jam sessions and then like emailing them the quote tapes or emailing them the, the files so they could listen to how they were sounding and getting ready for this gig they were doing the following weekend. I guess because of that and taking a bunch of pictures of them, they, they made the, me their publicist and manager, mismanager and things like that. So I, I sort of have a tie with, with those guys and what they're doing. So the next year they recorded an album. My buddy, I, I travel with Samuel de Champagne in the ass, good Canadian name. He was down there too. He came down to pick me up actually and bring me home. <laughs> and so he was down for the, the, the benefit concert we did for um, Casa Marianella. It served this refugee center in Austin. Um, and then went straight out of New Braunfels 
put together their album, of course, we had to go back down for their CD release party and that. So we, we've been down there numerous times and, and have a good rapport. And I'm happy to say that this year's On Ontario, New York, the uh, both Moose Shaka and Snake Charmer are going to be part of it. So it's oh. great that they're sort of coming up here and over here and that. So it, it, it's been a great hash community and family I, I've met and, and hung with. And yeah. glad they're coming up here. I'm always happy to go down there, especially in the winter. <laughs> well, let's talk about pre-COVID stuff in this region of the planet. Like many others, there's a bunch of hash camping opportunities. What have you done in that area, kind of Northeast North America? I guess the Flower City camp out, uh, that's actually where I first met my wife at Sodas Point. It was called Finding Nympho. They change the name every year. Uh, it, it's it's a great one, right on the, the shores of Lake Ontario at the time. So it was kind of like I could look across the lake and see home. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, uh, Ithaca has a great camp out at the end of August. It actually... Flipped weekends one, I think the second year of On Ontario. So we ended up flipping weekends too because we wanted to go to On Ontario as well as the Ithaca hash camp out. So Pittsburgh is sort of the first hash camp out I ever went to. So it's always good to get back to that. Moon, Whiff, Flickr, there are some notable hashers that are and still are in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. The Voodoo camp out I mentioned in New Orleans, it, it's great. It's just north of Lake Pontchartrain in some renaissance fair so you're walking around this little lake the blacksmith shop or the canteen or, or that so it, it's, it's kind of an interesting background for a hash and i guess the texas inner hash is, is the big one the first time i was in austin austin was hosting it and i went back the following two years two years ago i think austin hosted again and, and my friend moose shaka was in charge of cooking in that so I signed up with uh, Samuel Dish and Pain in the Ass, and we both helped, you know, feed 800 people. <laughs> so, so, and and I really love, you know, contributing in different. The more were you job, cooking? Were you cooking or serving? I was more serving. Moose was cooking. Um, I would help cook a bit, but uh, yeah, I'd be more just. I'm I'm like a sous chef. <laughs> mm. I like to help out and support. The more I go to these things, I always learn something that then I try to incorporate to the on Ontario campouts. We talked about driving, trains, flying the hashes. What about boats? You and have been on boat hashing. Boats, yeah. Well, uh, the Huronia one has a has a great like boat cruises in Georgian Bay and, and hash on Beausoleil Island. I guess the, I went to Scotland for the Euro hash in 2018, and or maybe it was 19. It was the one that out of Edinburgh where we there's 800 hashers on a cruise ship. It was all hashers. It was phenomenal. And we went to the Orkney Islands and the Shetland Islands and, and around. It was, this is great. Everywhere you go, if, if you're in the sauna, the hot tub, the dining room, the kitchen, the library, there's, there's just hashers you run into everywhere. And, and everybody's having fun, great conversations, great people. There's just some, some vibe about Europe I really love. I, I, I actually want to move there probably in the next three years. We've just had a grandbaby who was born in Spain. So that's, that's the other impetus for wow. that. It's, it's wow. like, yeah, so we're, we're looking at that. But I, I just love the European hashes. I want to go to the Scandi inner hash. Hogtown's a long-running hash. You were on mm -hmm. mismanagement in the money part. and You've started hashes. So how do you run circles? What's your persona for running circles? Um, I usually try to enlist other people. I, I'm a good support person, but I find sort of thinking on the spot sometimes is tough. Because you sort of think of what you're trying to say and then trying to think of a song that might match it, which I find is fun. 
if somebody else is talking about a subject, I'm us- I can usually suggest a song or something. I like circles to grow organically. <laughs> I guess one tradition that, that Huronia has had is, is they also have a choir master. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody who, who who's there to come up with songs or lead the song and suggest things as well as a religious advisor and a grand fromage. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about some of your adventures. I know you've had some crazy stuff happen. Tell me something that where the things went haywire or the, the authorities got involved or white powder involved. What are some of your stories where hashing trails launched up the stress level or the what is going on? Is it Tubby? Yeah. He, Tub Slut? Yeah, Tub Slut, yeah. I was in I was in Rumson in New Jersey when he peeled off his clothes and and went skinny dipping. At the time, I was going to join him, and then I just I got a little lazy and went, "Oh, look at these people!" And the whole hash then sort of walked down the beach, and I'd left my towel or something on the beach, so I walked back to get it, and I look up, and there are these two cruisers. But by this point, everybody had had gone the other way, so I just kind of looked at the cruisers or grabbed my stuff and then followed the pack. Well, when we came out at the next block, you know, they were there waiting for us and everybody kind of had open containers and whatnot. So as we were walking up from the beach onto the road, uh, there are these two cops are going, you, you, you over here, over here, over here, over here, trying to r- arrest a lot of us. And I just remember grabbing Nacho Bitch by the elbow and going, no, we're going this way because <laughs> they can't arrest us all. So I just, I just sort of grabbed him and went to the, the nearest block kind of perpendicular from where the police were and, uh, you know, away from the rest of the hashers. And then we walked like three more blocks and got back to the hotel safely. And, yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was a commotion by the ocean and tub slut got written up for nudity. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes. And, and several people did get alcohol tickets. Yeah. And I think nudity was the lesser of all charges, at least financially. I think nudity uh. was like 50 bucks and an open container is like 65 or something. So most people would have been better just to, strip down and dump their beers. <laughs> what happened with your wedding hash, your white dress run? Oh, yeah. So in, in Rochester, we planned this white dress run the Thursday before our hash wedding weekend. We, we figured, okay, we'll do a white dress run. And I remember, I, I, again, I was in Austin, I think Crouching Tiger had gotten married. So he had, he had done a white dress run on, it was also Mother's Day or something. For, so so we did. So I thought, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do a white dress run. So everybody sort of was decked out in white dresses. My fiance, my betrothed, and I both were in sort of wedding gowns that we had found at, at the local Salvation Armies and whatnot. And, and we had a good turnout of about 40, 45, 50 people. So this just happened to be the the day after Dan- the announcement that Daniel Prude had been murdered about three months earlier, you know, murdered in Rochester police custody. They, because it was so close to George Floyd, the Rochester police, uh, you know, covered it up or suppressed the that information from going public, fearing the public consequences of that. And and of course, it came to light that Wednesday, and Rochester blew up that night. Not being one to watch TV, I wasn't really aware of it, other than people were saying, "Hey, did you hear what happened last night?" I was like, "No, oh, there were these riots." So Robinswood and I, <laughs> in our brilliance, decided to set a trail through the mall where the the police headquarters was the the (laughs) county jail was on one corner the the court was on the other and that and and we actually got away with sort of doing it the first time then we went out by a church and then across from the church is where my wife works and that so we we set the trail and then we came back and robin's 
Wood was sort of going, okay, well, let's just let's just run it one more time just to see how long it takes us, you know, time-wise. And I, I say, oh, I think really, you know, you know, we should be good, but okay, we'll do it and make sure all the marks are in that. So as we came back into this this mall, which is not like a shopping mall, but like a, a pla like a plaza where there's buildings on every corner and a bunch of cement between in the middle of them. So we went through this mall and, and he split up and went one way and I entered it through but you know by the police station. I entered that through the other way by the um the court. I got three quarters of the way through where we where we were exiting and he was just supposed to come across and meet me. And a bunch of police came and surrounded him. I could hear somebody going, Oh, excuse me. I could hear the person off to my left, but I looked over to my right and then kind of kept walking a little quicker. And they said, Excuse me. And I looked back to my right and kept walking. And the guy goes, I'm over here on your left. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned out, Oh, hi. How are you? You know, and I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, Oh, I'm fine. I just wanted to ask you a few questions. Uh, my sergeant saw you run through here earlier and 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 just was wondering what you're up to. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I said, well, I'm, I'm getting married. And, and one of the traditions with my running club is, is we do a run. We're just setting the trail. And we, we set it in white flower because it's, it's biodegradable. It doesn't deface any public property or anything like that. And, you know, low impact. And at this time, like two other cops are coming. And then I look behind me and three other cops are coming behind oh, me. So, so at this point, I'm kind of kind of walking like back and forth. I'm, I'm not just standing still because I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm sort of talking to him and looking at the others and kind of making eye contact with everybody and commenting, hey, there's a, oh, there's another one. Hey, how are you? <laughs> right? you know, and, and taking my, my sunglasses off and making eye contact with people, smiling a lot, you know, trying to crack a few jokes and and then then they sort of all close in and, and they go okay well you know we, we're talking to this other this other fellow at the other end you know him I said oh yeah yeah Jim is his muggle name and yeah and he goes well as crazy and ridiculous as your story sounds he's confirmed it <laughs> <laughs> so somehow you guys must be you know sort of telling the truth I said, oh yeah yeah I said you know so you know we're the good guys I said there's going to be a, a you know 30 40 people here tomorrow night in white dresses and, you know, we're not protesting or anything like that. We're just celebrating my upcoming marriage. So it's a white dress. If you see white dress people, we're the good guys. And it's okay. That's cool. It's just our, our issue is, is public safety. So we just want you to know that you know, tensions are heightened. The community's you know, enraged and, there, and there's going to be stuff happening tomorrow night. Mm. You know, so don't be aware. And we're not telling you not to come here. We're not telling you anything, but just, just to be aware. And we want you guys to be safe thought well maybe it's best to to not run through the the public mall you know also my my wife had some concerns being you know a leader in the community and her school she's a, a lawyer for the school board so doing that like she just didn't want to attract any negative attention to herself or anything else. so she at one point was just going I don't even know if I should go on this run and also she's She's black. So there's a, a certain thing with, with the political element and what's going on in America, too. There was sort of like, I don't want to, you know, seem insensitive to that as well. And at the end, she said, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll run. I'll, I'm going to do it. You know, we've got all these people that we invite our friends and, you know, we're certainly not protesting. So when I started the run, instead of going like under the bridge and through the mall, I ended up leading the run live herring it so I could get them on trail in a, in a different Mm -hmm. different so i went i went sort of down a couple of other blocks and looped around and went up above the bridge which came out on the other side of the mall 
so it was good. And then as we, as we were running by the mall, like the police and the cruisers, I, I'd wave and they all would wave and, and <laughs> beep their sirens and, and whatnot. So, so it was, it was good. I mean, it's communication, right? I think, yeah, obviously they, they let us go and knew <laughs> we weren't up to anything nefarious. So as we're running, the reporters and the news channels are out trying to cut cover the riots so and they were meeting at different like schools and stuff I guess because of this white dress run and we were getting married we were running by a lot of churches and at, so I think we were in by about eight churches in this, this wow. one neighborhood and then people would pose in, for pictures and in front of each <laughs> church so we had, we've got great footage but as we went by one church that was where different reporters were gathering and different protests so different TV stations were there filming them. And at one point, there's, a, there's one reporter saying, I don't understand this. This is just madness. It's, it's crazy what's going on here. And, and, so, and as, she's, as she's saying this, like two guys with beards and full wedding gowns go running by behind her. And she's, this madness has to stop. And four other hashers go by and then two more. And this is all this sort of people wondering, going, like, what the hell is going on with all these white dresses? And then, uh, yeah, so that was, that was just crazy. And then one of the photographers who was out was going like, what, are, what is going on with these white dresses? So she hopped in her car and started following hashers. And about four or five blocks later, we met at this other church and sort of a park hat that's like in the middle of a circle that cars drive around. And Mudman from Flower City decided it was read us our vows and such. So we had sort of a hash a wedding on trail there. And then this photographer who followed us ended up hopping out and was taking all these pictures. So we ended up with these fantastic sort of professional oh my photographer gosh. pictures. Flower City, Hashers, Half Minds are, are fantastic people. I really feel at home here. And when I first started visiting here and then those friendships have just developed since now that I live here. Who are some of the kind of hasher elders or previous generation hashers have you met any of them <laughs> xerox is a guy in new zealand uh, i've been tried for xerox since day one okay mole those, those, and and i hung out with them on on the euro hash that, my my muggle name obviously is paul as is xerox so mole yeah. got on there got on the bus to take us to the to get onto the cruise ship the first time like just yeah. from customs that that half a block mole gets on and goes well paul da, da, da. and xerox is like shut the fuck up or maybe it's the other way where somebody went shut the fuck up paul <laughs> and um and of course then then my turn had turned because it was that and i was going oh i kind of like, like these guys you know these yeah. these two guys bickering and so we had a good time so ian cummings yeah of course of course that's uh, yeah that's that was the early days in hogtown and of course he would come to buffalo and rochester and pittsburgh yeah ian's awesome Saxonate is somebody I know from back in the day and continue. He was my roommate in Scotland and been to the, the original on Ontario in Ontario. And he's coming to this year's on Ontario, New York. Mr. Jackson and GI again from the Hogtown early days coming up. And then I hadn't, I hadn't been to a Hogtown anniversary for about, I think, 17 years. And then when I returned, I was hanging out with him and GI and doggy style. I've got long hair. And at one point I tied back just a little ponytail and it had this yellow elastic in it. And behind the bus was GI and Mr. Jackson. And they're just sort of like pulling my hair. And they're like, oh, God, what are you doing? Like, what, what kind of accessory is this? Messiah? Did they have these back in Jerusalem? And, and just, you know, just giving me the gears. So, you know, very appreciative of, of being invited down to Como. My first year in Como, I had this, this, <laughs> I had this terrible faux pas. They have a dinner on the Sunday night. 
that afternoon, I discovered that Fireball was a Canadian invention. I'm not much of a, a Fireball drinker, but I was that day. What? Tell and people what it is. Fireball is sort of a, a, a cinnamon-based liqueur. I bought a 40-pounder of it, and then and we were sharing it and drinking it. And I guess I, I hadn't really eaten that day. So by the time we got to the dinner on Sunday night, I was three sheets to the wind and, and not feeling very good at all. I had a little bit of my dinner, and I was like, oh. And I just kind of like passed out at the table. And then as and, you know, typical hashers just continued eating, and he's fine. And then as I moved, I ended up falling off the table. I'm in the corner. So then I'm lying kind of beside the table and continuing with their dinner and taking a few pictures with me and and whatnot and it's like como killed messiah you know <laughs> and all the bragging rights that had to go with it so then i get up and I, and and i'm feeling a little queasy and i thought oh, okay I, I i'm gonna be sick so i'm right by one of these windows that you can sort of step out onto the street <laughs> so i figured okay it'd be best if i just leave the restaurant at this point so as i i'm halfway out somebody goes oh he's falling out the window and drives me and pulls me back in and i'm like no no i want to go out and they pull me back in again. I say, no, no, I'll stay here. And then I turn around and I just vomit and vomit and vomit and vomit. You know, it was like, oh. I don't think all of it made it out the window. Well, no, no, none of the vomit. <laughs> they pulled me back in a second time and I went to turn to go to the window, but I, I hit the corner of the restaurant. And then after I finished this, sort of all this vomiting, I turned to him and go, I think I had a bad clam. <laughs> The restaurant people were gracious and the Como people graciously sort of stuck me in an Uber and with my meal that they boxed up and back to the hotel and they cleaned up and everybody finished their meal. But I felt very relieved as well as invited back the next year. <laughs> I was fortunately on the opposite end of the restaurant. Oh, okay. So I got to see it, but I didn't even get to smell it, which is good. Okay, yeah. And I'd like to say that I I returned again this year. I was there two weeks ago and uh, went out to dinner and there was no problem. No, everything was fine. And there wasn't an ounce of fireball to be seen. <laughs> In fact, I don't think I've drank fireball since. <laughs> Other than, I guess, Como hashes, if they see me on trail somewhere, they'll, they might try to taunt me. But generally, I, I reject it. <laughs> so that was my unfortunate Como accident. We don't know how life goes, but you may end up a European resident hasher in a couple of years, huh? Mm hmm Yeah, we have a grandbaby in, in Rota, Spain, who has just been, well, I guess he's a week, like nine days old today. So yeah. so that's exciting. And, and we, uh, I'm applying for a green card and residency here in America because my wife lives and works here, but she's up for retirement in a year. The early retirement anyway so we might take that and, and and move to to spain so i'm very excited about that i hold an irish passport so that gets me i can live and work and buy a home and business in the eu in spain so that that makes it a lot easier for that yeah um my wife was born in ghana africa so we figure by being in spain we can we can get to africa quite easily so i'm really yeah. looking forward to hashing in africa and at some point she'd like to move to africa and i'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to that too i mean that, that's just going to be a complete culture shock but uh, i'm up for it have any of your descendants or your children been on the hash uh yeah my daughter who's 19 now grew up in Obviously, in our, in our hash family, for the first 14 years, she would sing the hash songs. And again, it's, mm. a, it's a family hash, so there, there wasn't anything too uh, too crazy. But then, you know, she's about 14, 15. She's like, I don't really like the hash. You guys are all, you know, bigoted, racist, 
<laughs> you know, politically incorrect, homophobic. So she threw that in 2017. I made an, a point to attend the Flower City Labor Day run just so I could have that patch and have that on my jacket to prove to her that we weren't homophobic. <laughs> yeah, a pride run. Yeah. So so you're a three-generation hashing yes. family. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And my two, my two younger brothers hash. Again, the home hash in Huroni isn't really running so much as they're walking. Um, my other, my middle brother, Propeller Head, is in Hogtown. Um, he's, in, he's a new dad, so he's got like a two-year-old. So he hasn't really been hashing much in Hogtown. At least the five years I've been back, I haven't seen him. I've seen his friend, Sumo. My other brother is Wee Zeke. And my mother is Bigfoot. And my father is Whitey. Wow. So, so that's yeah, so that's one, that's at least five, five family members have been hashers. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, six of you. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter doesn't have a name. We, we, we yeah. kicked around names like Christ child and second coming and riffs on, on Jesus that way. But um, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't want to be the one to, to name her or label her. I think it'll have to be what, if she decides to, to sort of start hashing as an adult, you know, mm-hmm. whatever hijinks she gets up to. Yeah. But she certainly has a pedigree. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, if that turns that way, she'll have some old stories. Yeah. Yeah. Take a ballpark guess. How many trails do you think you've been on? Ah, uh, I'm somewhere, I think, in the 1500 range. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we should get you to Shakespeare. He's, he's compiling a list of everyone who's run at least a yeah. thousand trails. So, yeah, should be on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've written him a few times with some of my hash trash notes from Flower City here. I, I did the green dress run, but I think I'm getting to him too late in the month. Like I, I'll get the, the last week and then he publishes like six days later or something. But he's been great. He mentioned one of the on Ontarios we, we, we were throwing at the time. So that was good. And yeah, I'm always happy to contribute you know, wherever I can. I, I was always the hash trash for Huroni in the early years and then the hash flash and take pictures and, and whatnot. But I'm trying to find all this because I, I changed emails. And then, like I say, all these hashers are like 75 to 85. And and, and it seems that nobody kind of has their original emails everymore, anymore. Everybody sort of switched to a Yahoo or a Hotmail or a, um, a Google account. Mm. So I, I'm finding it a bit of a, a challenge trying to get some of the, you know, our first like 15 years of, of write-ups. Be done tomorrow. I've got this uh, <laughs> this court thing that... I've got to finish. <laughs> Hashing has really been the the saving grace that has has you know kept my keel level and and you know given me hope because like dealing with some of these insurance companies sometimes it, it, it I ended up I was in a pretty dark place. Well, Usai, thanks for sharing that. Very personal, and we all hope that it does go to this good ending for you soon. And let's go on to some other good stories. It was uh, jamming on my box's first trail in Flower City. A year ago, January, so it was about six months, six weeks before COVID hit. I was staying at Robin's Woods place. <laughs> so here I am, 8.30 in the morning. I'm walking out his front steps with uh, two cases, a case of beer in each hand. And I hit the front step and it's icy. And I just go ass over heat tea kettle. I fly up in the air, my upper back, my lower ribs land on, on the top step. I shatter oh. three of them. And then my hip lands on the bottom steps. And I have this, this huge bruise, contusion. And I'm just in, in utter pain. And oh, and then I fall. I'm in utter pain. And then the two cases of beer I have in my hands 
land on the front of my chest, uh, knock the wind out of me and bruise all my intercostal ribs and stuff like this. So I'm just like, <sighs> can't breathe. I just, as so all I could do is just crawl back up the stairs into bed and just cry for like the next like eight hours. Poor Jam and had to, you know, set her virgin trail by herself. I think she. she oh my! Her. You abandoned her. But with well, this, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. With this comic, her. with this cartoon injury. Yeah, it must have looked like a cartoon. Oh yeah, everything yeah. flying. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a dry run, but but that was like I think that would probably be my my biggest hash related injury mm-hmm. was that setting trail versus on trail. Yeah. Let me ask you one final question. Sure. Is the RA always right? It depends on the weather. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess the, the who the RA is, what the personality is. Yeah, the RA is, in most cases, always right. But th- there's always exceptions. And, you know, and remember, in hashing, there are no rules. So there you, go. you can you take that under advisement. <laughs> I want to thank Messiah for coming on the podcast today. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher history, Hasher stories, Hasher voices. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child. Amen.